High FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Good morning and welcome to Tech Talk. We are back on the air with all sorts of exciting stuff. This time of the year is absolutely mayhem. Everybody's trying to get whatever they've done, done. Everybody's trying to get all the tech on the shelves well before tomorrow. Because I'm sure, unless you've been living under a rock somewhere, tomorrow is Global Black Friday. And South Africa is fully, fully, fully on board. We are having probably, as far as I can see, one of the biggest Black Fridays that we've ever seen, ever, in South Africa. I've never seen the sheer breadth, depth, and participation across a huge amount. In America, obviously, Black Friday started off, and Cyber Monday, as they call it, started off being a little bit of the beginning of the holiday season or the holiday shopping season just before Thanksgiving. Well, we don't really, in fact, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving at all in South Africa, but we are now tuning into this huge consumer orgy or festival or whatever you want to call it. Um, which is kicking off tomorrow. But I'm going to talk a lot about that because I've got a little bit of a primer of all the best deals and what's going on in a, in a little while. But before we get to that, um, something dropped yesterday, which I was asked to comment on quite a bit. And in fact, well, no, not yesterday, uh, earlier this week. Um, and I have a bit of an un, uh, what's the right word? Unconventional um, take on all this. ICASA, which I mentioned many, many, many months ago, released a new set of regulations with regard to the expiry of data. And I believed it was extremely clever, well-measured. Obviously, the networks had a thing or two to say, but basically, it makes sense. If you bought a little bit of data, you had to have a minimum of 30 to 90 days expiry. So if you bought 5 megs or 10 megs or 100 megs, your data would expire within a month. Now, truth be told, there's not a lot you can do on a smartphone with 5 megs or 10 megs. A couple of emails, a few WhatsApps, and it's gone. So it made sense. And if you bought more, the gigs, the 5 gigs, the 3 gigs, the 10 gigs, it went up to 120 days. And if you bought even more than that, you could have you know up to 2 years or 12 months to 2 years expiry which again was logical, made sense, and certainly, you know, would have been easy to implement. One of the other things that they suggested um, was that you have to be notified of when you are about to go out of bundle because the biggest problem that most people or most people who aren't prepaid have is that up to now, some of the networks, notably MTN and Vodacom, never informed you that you were running out of data. That was up to you to figure out. And as soon as you ran out of data, it would switch you to their crazy un, um, or ad hoc data at between one rand and two rand a megabyte, which ate up your airtime in, in, in 10 seconds flat, which was crazy. And uh, really, that has to change, and that has already changed, interestingly. Vodacom have implemented a very effective system of 30, 50, 90%, and 100% uh, notifications. And if you switch off at that point, you save your airtime, no problem. MTN tend to notify you a little after the fact, and your airtime's gone, your data's gone, everything's gone. Then they say, oops, you've exceeded your, 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 your thing's gone. So I'm sure they'll fix that. But that's another thing that ECASA are doing. Now, I don't want to keep you on uh, tender hooks here, but bottom line is what ECASA said, now that wasn't terribly fair. There was a criticism that the poor people who bought small bundles or people who couldn't afford large bundles were being prejudiced. So now they've said all data must last at least three years 
across all networks. doesn't matter how much you buy. doesn't matter when you buy. It doesn't matter what you do with it. It's three years. And my take on that is extremely simple. That is a blunt hammer trying to open a nut. It sounds, it really does sound all friendly to consumers. Oh, yeah, so if I buy something, um, it's mine. It can't expire for three years. I'm going to store my data for three years. Well, first and foremost, nobody, nobody stores their data for three years other than people who use a SIM or have their phone stolen and don't use the data. If you have an active subscription on any mobile network, the chances of you keeping data for three years is so infinitesimally small that it actually makes no sense to legislate people to do that. The other thing is that in doing so, what it will force the networks to do is to completely rethink the way that they calculate capacity on the network. So right now they know they've sold X amount of data for X amount of time. And doing that means that they can calculate, never mind the revenue side, but the sheer network capacity side, they can calculate what capacity they need, uh, buy that capacity from the various providers of internet access, being international, some cases, local, other cases. They can also plan their network capacity from a hardware and infrastructure point of view. So they can plan out what's going on with the towers. They can plan out what's going on with their servers. They know what they're doing. Now imagine that if on 1st of January, all those networks are told data never expires. And people, there are people. There's probably, I mean, there's 67 million to 80 million subscribers, not all active at any one point in time. But there's probably anywhere between 20 and 30 million people using data at any point in time. Imagine if they all start buying data and they all start loading that data and they all start not expiring that data for whatever reason. And it just starts accumulating because you get a gig every month and you just don't use it all every month. And before you know it, you've got 10, 15, 20, 30 gigs of stored data in your bundle. You chose wrong. You chose to buy more than you need for safety or whatever the story is. The networks would have to work on the basis that every that one day, and it would probably be on Black Friday, one day everybody would use all that data at the same time. So they need to actually plan for that capacity because if they don't, then it will happen that there'll be an event, something would happen, a major something goes on in the country, everyone goes onto their data and the network falls over because they could not cope with the sheer capacity that they was demanded in terms of their their backlog. And the other thing that you know, I mentioned on the drive show to Kathy Kaler, and she was not very happy about that, is that the problem with data is it's not a product. I know it's sold that way. I know we buy a gig of this, a couple of hundred megs of that. We deal with the bits and pieces now and then. And, and it's sold by all the networks as a valuable commodity. It's like a bottle of milk. You, you buy it, you store it, you use it when you want to. But that's not how data works. Data is a lot like electricity. You, you either use it or you lose it. You can't store electricity. The generators generate. The electricity flows down the cables. It comes to your light. If you don't switch it on, you can't store it. You could potentially in some batteries, but that's a whole other story. But the fact is you cannot store data. You cannot store um, electricity. It's a capacity. You're paying for a service. So when you're buying 100 megs of data, 
you are buying the access to the service which will allow you to use up to 100 megs of data at any point in time. And like any service, it cannot be open-ended. It cannot have a service for a fee that lasts forever. So this type of legislation from ICASA might sound super friendly. It might make a lot of sense for the disadvantaged in the country. But yet what it will force the networks to do is revise the way that they sell data, revise the way that they price data, and revise the way that they they, they uh, work out their entire network um, in terms of capacity. And the net effect is, one, prices will actually go up, not down. They will go up because, quite honestly, if you have to guarantee something for three years, the cost of guaranteeing that thing for three years is massive. I won't even talk about the accounting of that, but that's another issue. The bottom line is, this is a really, really blunt and I think ill-conceived notion from Mikasa. If anyone out there is listening and has any um, yen to actually think about this, write to Ikasa, object to this, speak to your your whoever, see what you can do. I'm going to make a bit of a, a platform on my various uh, you know social medias, etc. But the simple fact is the way that they've done this, and I'll talk some more about something else in right? In a minute, the way they've done this is blunt, it's stupid, and I think it's going to cause enormous havoc. We'll be back straight after this. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And I'm going to get all these ransom raves and this whole government interference in telecommunications out of the way right up front because after that, I'm going to be talking about Black Friday. I'm going to be talking about all the deals, all the specials, everything that's coming. I'm also going to be talking about a really interesting two days I spent with BMW earlier this week. And they're launching the brand new X3 in South Africa. But more than that, they're making the brand new X3 in South Africa. And there's some really interesting um, positive things coming out of that. As well, I'm going to be reviewing a Samsung QLED TV, which I've had on loan. Unfortunately, they removed it yesterday, but I've had it on review for about three weeks. And um, very, very interesting experience. And there should be, you know, just stay tuned for all of that. So now back to the raving and the ranting about what our dear government are doing with regard to telecommunications. The next big thing, which is somehow tied into the first big thing that I spoke about, the whole ICASA three-year no expiry of data. And and listen, let me just make one thing very clear. I'm all for the price of data going down. And over the last few years, data has dropped dramatically. And all the pressure on the networks to make them drop data has worked. They've all dropped data. They've mostly got rid of the two rand a, a meg outside uh, out of bundle fees it's all down to below a rand or thereabouts and dropping even further and if you're clever with your purchases you can really get inexpensive data through the networks which again down to affordability might not be cheap but the fact is the service is good we've got one of the best networks in africa and certainly one of the best networks globally um, in many many respects Wherever I went, I was driving, as I mentioned, with BMW down in George, in every little gully, hill, back road, because X3, off-road, back roads, no main highways, I had signal. I could make phone calls. I could use data. It was spectacular. And that was across a whole host of networks, MTN, Vodacom, Celsi, uh, Telcom Mobile. They all roamed and worked together. So, you know, it's easy to bash the big boys. It's easy to take issue with what they do. And in many cases, they will try to you know, charge as much as they can, and we must fight with for that. But to really legislate stuff that makes no sense, 
um, and is ill-conceived and just populist, so completely populist, really causes trouble. And now moving to the next big thing that these guys did, the new electronic communications bill was the white paper came out earlier this year to massive massive opposition essentially what government have decided to do is to create something that they call the woan a a, priv- a government owned data network or cell phone network here we go again the government do such a fabulous job with escom they're doing a spectacular job with, with so many of these parastatals well now they want to create a parastatal for telecommunications telecom wasn't good enough now they want back into the market so where they can control a mobile network they would then reserve all or a good chunk of really high demand spectrum spectrum that 5g and all the new technology needs for this WAN, and then they would sell services on this amazingly well-run, government-controlled network to all the other networks and other people who could enter the industry, and sounds all fantastic, and we're going to get a whole lot of, you know, previously disadvantaged people onto the networks and making money, and they're going to spread the, the love across the country. Well, here's the bottom line. It will not work. You heard it here on High FM first. It will not work. It has not worked anywhere. It's a disaster in Mexico. No other country has truly followed suit. And yet our geniuses believe that they are going to transform the country, radical economic destruction, and create this fantastic WOAN. Well, lots of um, negotiations ensued, and the word was that um, the networks and government had come to an arrangement whereby there would be a limited WOAN, and all the other really radical things like use it or lose it, which is not a bad policy, interestingly enough, along with um, taking back spectrum for whatever reason. In other words, the networks have spent billions of billions of dollars, never mind rands, on network infrastructure. They've paid license fees, exorbitant license fees for 30 years on networks or 20 years on networks in which they they rely to get their income. That would be taken back at the discretion of the minister, which would create massive problems. Well, what the government did is they they passed this bill in Parliament without any of the amendments that they had agreed or potentially or allegedly agreed with the various networks. So what's been passed, the bill, is exactly the same bill that was uh, originally uh, set out earlier this year. And to make things worse, they've given everybody, public, the public, uh, time to comment on this bill till the 6th, 17th of December. So right now when everyone's busy with year-end stuff, everyone's busy trying to settle everything, everyone's going on holiday Time, you know, everyone's trying to wrap up business now. The government quickly sneaks this bill in, amongst some others, but that's another story, but sneaks this bill in and tells us that we need to comment on this and make that comment available before the 17th of December. Otherwise, the bill's going to go into action early next year. And it sets out exactly what they said originally. All high demand spectrum would then revert to this WOAN. This WOAN would then sell its services to everybody. No one don't know where the money for this WOAN's coming from, considering that between all the networks they're spending between thirty and fifty billion Rand on network over the next couple of years building up network, why they would spend it on anything else. Um so again, this is just really market unfriendly. The telecommunications mobile industry, as much as people love to bash it and cause trouble with it, has been one of the greatest success stories in in South Africa. They've generated massive amounts of 
of employment, tons and tons of profits which they pay taxes on. They've created subsidiary industries in retail, in accessories, in repairing, in you name it. Mobile is a huge business, and this bill will kill it to the most to the, for the most part nobody wants to invest money if they can't make money and nobody is going to grow something unless they have some access to spectrum vodacom at their results announcements last week clearly stated they are running into massive spectrum issues they've signed a deal with rain uh, mentioned that some other time but they've signed a deal to share someone else's spectrum in order to get around their problems 5g is around the corner at Mobile World Congress, not Mobile World, at uh, AfricaCom down in Cape Town, um, I saw a proper demonstration of live 5G from Nokia, Nokia Networks, not Nokia handsets, um, and it works. It is unbelievably quick, very low latency. In other words, the time it takes for the signal to get to the base station and back is, is at least an order of magnitude better than current 4G. Reason that makes a difference, smart cars, smart devices, medical stuff, um, Telephone calls, video, all needs low latency. So really, 5G is around the corner. All the networks are ready to roll it out. And our government is busy winding the clock back to 2003 to try to set up monopolies, trying to disinvent, disincentive in, incentive, uh, um, all sorts of investment in the market and not give the networks the spectrum they need in order to do all the things that they need to do in order to stay on top of what's going on around the world. So... This is really uh, Black Friday for me as far as I'm concerned. You can hear I'm rather passionate about what's been going on with the whole ICASA story and with the Government Electronic Communications Act bill. It has certain elements of really good stuff in there, I must admit. But overall, it is very, very regressive. It's going to create enormous challenges for very successful and well-run businesses and going to force the legis or legislate the creation of another hugely inefficient and really government has no track record in telecommunications how will they even be able to hire the right people and find the money this is the other thing we're struggling to to do all sorts of things in this country in the middle of a deep deep you know not even recession but just things are not great and they want free health care, free education. And now they need to find another 30 to 50 billion rand to run a network, a mobile network, which is doing great without them. So that's all bad news. But straight after this break, I promise you, I'm moving only on to positive stuff, good news, good stuff. And uh, we'll take it from there. I'll be back straight after this. with Stephen Ambrose. Uh, shopping if you've got and again just to give you a little bit of history this started off as pretty much an online thing in um, in America it is now spread across the world everybody's doing Black Friday and no more so than this year in South Africa again I've never seen such a depth and breadth of of sales and it's crazy the sales used to start after Christmas. Now all the sales are starting six weeks before Christmas. Well, not quite six weeks, but a month before Christmas um, and the Christmas uh, holiday break. So we are seeing cyber deals from everyone. And some of these cyber deals are actually pretty fine. I must admit that there is definitely the chances if you look carefully. And some of the online guys are, just, are very um, 
culpable of doing this exact thing. They put certain prices up and then they offer you fabulous 30%, 40% discounts, etc., etc. But if you uh, keep your uh, wits about you and you go online and you look at all the various options and the various offers from all the various people, and that's absolutely the first advice for any Black Friday shopping online. One, all the big guys take a lot, um, want it all, all the big guys, as well as Interestingly enough, the banks have assured shoppers this year that they won't have a repeat of last year where literally websites fell over, payment gateways died. It was just mayhem and havoc. The early the early birds definitely caught the worm. They definitely got in and got some of the deals. But thereafter, it was just complete mayhem. And there were lots of there were lots of technical reasons for it. First of all, the, the actual platforms on which all these websites run were never – and we back to capacity. Remember this thing. Capacity is very important. They planned their networks for a certain amount of average users. And on Black Friday, that average flew through the roof and triple, tripled or quadrupled. And the capacity of the servers and the networks on which these websites were hosted could not cope. So what do they do? They shut down or they go incredibly slow or they start glitching. It's just plain mayhem. The other thing that happened, and this is really interesting, is that the bank's payment gateways, the credit card payment gateways, were also configured for a certain amount and capacity of transactions at any point in time. And guess what? The same thing happened to them. The the amount of um, the amount of of transactions just went through the roof, and the actual gateways fell over. The banks collapsed and shut, had to shut down and restart and try to find extra capacity. And the reason why they do this, I mean, it just sounds like it's a forever elastic band that just keeps stretching. It's not. All servers, all capacity has to be pre-planned. So in other words, if you say we're going to have 500,000 transactions an hour for the next five hours, you then assign certain computer resources to the, the capacity to handle that, and off it goes. But if you've only got capacity for 100,000, at 100,001, the system can't cope. So it has lots of ways of dealing with that. The first way is to just fail. Thank you. Sorry, can't process your transaction. Go away. Or the second thing is to slow everything down to the point that nobody can actually exercise anything. So we've been assured that um, the banks uh, have definitely upped their capacity enormously. And all the guys um, on all the big uh, platforms have upped their capacity massively again. So just to give you a little bit of insight um, into the, the the things that are coming, I'm just going to go through a few that I've seen. There's a, if you're into tech and gadgets and you want some new uh, hard drives, processors, uh, you, all the bits and pieces that make up computers, there's a company called First Shop. Now, First Shop is a large tech retailer in the South African environment. They've always been really good. And guess what? I've lost my internet connection. <laughs> so much for technology here at, ah, it's back at Chai uh, FM. But First Shop, and it's firstshop.co.za, I've got some really great savings, anything between 10 and 25% on a whole host of different gizmos and gadgets and bits and pieces and you name it. So definitely, um, Give them a shot if you're looking at various things. But what I was saying, you need to do your homework. Now, I know there's massive uh, pressure to just buy, 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 and the networks and the and everyone's set up to just make you click on something and buy it. But what you should do is when you find something you want and it's got a great price and there seems to be a great Black Friday deal, Google it. 
copy that product uh, item and put in that product name or code plus Black Friday into your into a separate browser window and Google it. And you might find that there's some other guys offering even better Black Friday deals. So it's always best to check every deal online. Don't just assume because it's Dion Wired or Game or whoever it is, First Shop, it doesn't matter, uh, want it all, take a lot, that they got the best deals. Check everyone. Loot is another great online uh, resource for Black Fridays. They've got pretty much across the board Black Friday discounts, 30, 40, 50%. So they say it's not always something that you may need or may not need, but if you've been holding back, if you're looking for gifts for the holidays, if you're looking for something that you've just not bought over the little while, it's, it, this is actually a really great time. Gaming is great. There's tons and tons of deals on PS4s and various things. Phones, there's some really good deals. Interestingly enough, MTN uh, and Vodacom and Celsi and Telcom have all announced some really good deals. Um, MTN are doing quite a great uh, set of deals with uh, Samsung. They're offering free TVs if you buy a Galaxy um, Note 8, which I reviewed quite favorably last uh, last week. So there are a lot of interesting deals, and they're also offering some really good double your data type deals um, on, on various things. Vodacom have got very similar offers from very different companies, so there's some interesting things. The one thing that I've not been able to find, and I've worked quite hard at trying to find a deal, is tomorrow on Black Friday, the iPhone 10 or iPhone X, depending on who and what you say, um, is launching as well. And there are no deals, no deals that I can find for iPhone 10 or even iPhone 8. So if you're desperate to have yours tomorrow, um, you're just going to pay the price. And the price is high. Interestingly, they launch their prices and the 64 gig iPhone 10 is going to be 20,599 Rand, give or take a few Rand, depending on the deals. And the 256 gig one, which is the one you want, obviously, um, is going to be 23,995 Rand, which is not, interestingly, the most expensive phone on the market. Huawei, with their uh, Mate 10 Pro Porsche edition, have hold that spot at around about 26,900 Rand for a smartphone. And only a thousand of those are going to be sold through Telcom. So if you really want the kudos of owning the most expensive smartphone ever sold on the South African market, the Huawei Mate 10 Pro fits that bill perfectly. You can brag to all your friends you have now the most expensive smartphone out there. The second most expensive smartphone is now the iPhone X 256 gig at around about 23,500 rand. So, I mean, it's just it's just pretty loony. But again, if you're not in a hurry and you are prepared to, you know, do a little bit of internet working or walking, you will find that there are some amazing, amazing deals. And another deal that came across, I mean, really, this has got nothing to do with tech, but I suppose we all have to be well-dressed and sharp, is Caliques. Now, Caliques are, are a big uh, suit retailer or formal wear, smart wear retailer in, in Johannesburg. And they're going to say, and they're doing a 50% off everything. So if you're looking to look sharp when you go shopping, um, here's a, another great deal. And there are a lot, a lot, uh, I'm not even going to go there, but you can just Google um, ISPs or, or Internet and Black Friday, and you will find a whole host of special deals that are running for the weekend. Um, and it's really l- quite interesting how many of these are, are better than the average, which makes no sense. I mean, why 
why would you want to have a really great uh, deal on um, on uh, you know internet, which you should be able to buy at any point in time? But anyway, another store that's doing quite a lot of big deals is Game. They're offering quite a range. Just go onto their website, go and have a look. Macro as well. Also, a huge range of really interesting things. And and I must say, the one bunch that I just keep coming across again and again is Samsung. They have been incredibly um, aggressive with their whole Black Friday thing. I mean, with TV discounts up to 20,000 rand off some of their high-end TVs um, and a huge range of, of discounts on the whole host of different products from washing machines to you name it, all the way across um, the entire range. The other thing that's actually, I think, a great deal, if you were holding out for a DSTV uh, Explorer 2 or DSTV Explorer, um, that price has dropped by almost half. It was fourteen ninety nine, I call it 1,500 Rand. You can now get them round about uh, eight ninety nine from all the various guys, I think direct from even DSTV themselves. And I must admit that if you're a DSTV premium subscriber, this is without question the best PVR on the market. Well, not that you have many choices, but at eight ninety nine, just for the ability to record, store all that stuff, and watch, you get you know you can connect it to the internet. You get all sorts of little benefits of much, much, much more catch up stuff, as well as you get free Showmax. Um, it's if you are using any one of the older PVRs, it is now the time to upgrade. I don't think we are going to see. A PVR at this sort of price ever again. I'm even considering upgrading my PVR ones to PVR twos. I have two of them in my house um, to the latest Gen two. Not that that's that different, but it is the latest tech, and hard drives fail. And in the end, after a year or two or three with an old PVR, you might find that you have to take it in and get it repaired, and that costs a couple of hundred rand. So for three hundred rand more, you get a brand new one. So. I'll leave it to you. So check out Game, check out Macro, check out Dion Wired. They've got a huge range of, of, of gadgets and gizmos and tech. I mean, Macro have even got cell phones uh, at 150 bucks. Now, not smartphones. I just said cell phones. But still, 150 bucks to buy a smart uh, phone is pretty cheap. But, I mean, they've got smartphones from 600 Rand. There's just a huge, huge range of bits and pieces. Um, and uh, Incredible Connection are also doing some pre-Black Friday. Not that it really matters. Tomorrow's Black Friday, 12 o'clock tonight, all this stuff goes live. But they're doing a, a really interesting range of pre-Black Friday. And they're doing something really interesting, which uh, saves you even more money. I mean, as I said, this is a super positive set part of the show. Um, what they are working with is Master, not MasterCard, Visa. Um, Visa, if you use the Visa app, um, to buy when you buy online, you can get up to additional 30% discount. So it doesn't matter what you buy on what um, on what product. But if you buy anything through their website now, uh, you just use something called um, Visa Checkout. And it's very easy to sign up for it. You just go online. You go to visacheckout or just visa.com or visa.co.za, sign up for Visa Checkout. And if you use um, any of that, if you use that as your payment method, buy anything from uh, Incredible Connection, you actually can get up to a 30% discount using Visa. I think that's money for nothing if you're really desperately looking for something. And a 30% discount, no matter what, even if there isn't a special deal on the product, is is quite a great uh, is quite a great idea. So they're doing a deal a day right now. 
So if you just go to Visa Checkout and you can dink them, and I've tried it. It works. I haven't bought anything, but I went through the whole process. Um, right now they were offering something like a, an Xbox 360 for 1899 which is a great price to start. And if you use the Visa Checkout to pay for it, you only pay 1329 which, again, is really a very, very, very reasonable amount. So I think I've, I've done enough of a job for all these various shops to try to sell them on uh, Black Friday and all the various Black Friday uh, deals and whatnot. But um, I think it's really moved way beyond than just a marketing ploy. The fact is, if you have some spare cash and there are some TVs or, or fridges or whatever it is that you're looking for, this is a great time to get a really good deal. And um, try online. I think that you'll probably find that's a really great no-rush way because I, I remember going past some checkers last year where they had Black Friday deals and people were essentially killing each other. You couldn't get in the parking lot. Apparently, there was mayhem in the stores. People were queuing for hours. It's just not my, my thing. I'm not sure I could even deal with that. And uh, Pick and Pay are now doing a very similar thing. So expect <laughs> weekend shopping at all the various supermarkets is going to be pretty extreme. So uh, maybe it's best to stay online and let the stuff be delivered at leisure next week. But um, check it out online. Check all the various retailers. And I think you'll be quite um, impressed with the, ve- the, the the sheer range and depth of specials. And I, the guys, I think it, it's partially a reflection on how bad things have been this year. I think a lot of companies did not predict how bad retail would turn over the last couple of months, considering everything that's going on. And they've really pulled out their stops to try to clear inventory before the Christmas holidays, to try to get as much product out and about and just generate some income. So I think for the first time in a little while, the consumer's really in the pound seats. And it's very, very worth um, going and doing these sort of things and checking it out online, checking it out in store. And most of the deals will run over the weekend. So don't panic unless there's limited stock, which there may well be. So it might not work for you if you don't do it all on, on Friday. That's tomorrow. But certainly a lot of these deals will run all the way through to Cyber Monday. Um, and even, I don't know what they call it, they've got another name for Tuesday. But bottom line is these sales are here for the next week. And I think most people will find it really, really well worth their time. Um, if they are looking for stuff, don't buy what you don't need. But certainly if you are looking for anything, replacing a TV, looking for a washing machine, anything, a new cell phone, now is the time to do it. Now, uh, that normally I do Tech Talk Cafe, but I was unfortunately let down by a company or a certain bunch um, yes, well, early this week on an interview that I had, which was really going to be interesting, but uh, we didn't do it. So I Black Friday you out of sight and try to you know give some hints and tips on how to do this whole thing. Um, but what I also want to talk about, and I'm going to start talking about it now, and we'll have a quick uh, commercial break, and then I'll be back with some more about it, is a little bit about some of the interesting uh, news and some of the interesting Stuff that I heard, and again, very positive stuff coming out of BMW South Africa. They announced this week as part of the whole X3 launch. Now, the X3, again, just a little bit of context on this. The X, the X3 came out quite a few years ago with Gen 1. It was a bit of a utilitarian vehicle. People saw 4x4s very much as, you know, if you had a farm, you needed something you know, it wasn't really considered a mainstream vehicle, which interestingly, the whole 4x4 market has exploded to the point that globally in some countries, 
um, the sales of sedans has slowed down significantly and the sort of sports utility or sports activity vehicles, SUVs, SAVs, whatever you want to call them, have pretty much taken off unbelievably. Can't quite figure out why, but I suppose for families, they're more more practical. You can load the boot up with stuff. You go on holiday, you can take stuff. If you need to fold the seats down, you've got more loading room. Maybe it makes a lot of sense. But anyway, the BMW series has gone through a number of changes, and they launched the brand-new third-generation X3 in South Africa to the press starting Monday this week. And I was there. I managed to drive a couple of them. And I must tell you, very, very, very fine cars. They've certainly improved the X3, even over the second generation, which was a huge improvement on the, over the first generation X1, uh, X3, um, in, 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 in spectacular ways. The car is refined. It is beautifully built. It probably has one of the nicest interiors of any X that I've been in. So it's far nicer now than the X5 for want. Four, you know, which is quite interesting, that being their flagship uh, model. But the X3 has a really superb, high-quality interior. It has still got the X-Drive, which is the all-wheel drive uh, business. So it's super planted, feels amazing on the road. I only drove the high-end M40i and the 2-liter diesel, which is their sort of volume model. And both of them were absolute delights to drive. You sit up high, you sit up uh, in a nice, comfortable position, the car's incredibly responsive, beautifully built, um, looks, if you like BM styling, looks like a BM. And I'll be back with a little bit more about that, but the good news around the whole X3 story straight after this. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back, and I was just giving a little update. This is not the motoring show, but I went down to the to the launch of the X3 specifically just to obviously experience the car itself but really to play with all the tech all the gadgets and the gizmos and the good news is the new X3 has got pretty much the same <clears throat> level of tech as the 7 and the 5 series that I reviewed or played with over the last couple of months and it all the way down obviously BMW German car manufacturers perfect the art of nickel and diming you with accessories 600 or 700 options and uh, choices are available so you keep having to decide what you want and what you don't but the baseline technology in all the x series is pretty advanced i mean the the control of the suspension the control of the engines the control of the um, drivetrain is all computerized all controlled the heads-up displays all this type of stuff just absolutely enhances the driving experience. And BM have always been pretty good at that. Not quite as fussy and not as million knobs and buttons on the dash like a Mercedes, but certainly the the, the very easy to control, great uh, screen pops up in the middle of nowhere or it doesn't pop up. It's there all the time. Um, and really, I just found that the car's balance of ease of use and technological refinement in terms of uh, all the various lane-following skills, the semi-autonomous driving assist-type guides, um, as well as the simple matter of waving your finger in front of your radio to cancel a call or receive a call or turn the volume up. is is just so slick. And in fact, I actually found they've improved it way ahead of what I tried in the 7 and the 5 series. I find it a lot more responsive and a lot easier to use. So they've really done a whole host of work around the BMW X3 to really make it 
one of their, their sort of finest models at the moment with a, an incredible blend of value. You can't talk about high-end cars in terms of value, but the amount of technology, the fit and the finish, the quality of the interior, the exterior, and just the general quality of the car, certainly it's still a premium model. It's still extremely expensive in, in relative terms to you know more entry or more entry level models but from what i can see we are, bmw have successfully put an incredible amount of advanced technology fit and finish into a car that is affordable in the upper mid range where people may or may not want and that makes perfect sense because the new x3 i think is a huge gamble for bmw maybe not a gamble maybe a considered um thing that they've really looked at the market they've really understood where people are going the sports utility or sports activity vehicle has become one of the hottest um, product sort of categories on the market in motoring right now. And they certainly want to try to continue to dominate that and, and, and bring out a product that's very hard to beat, you know, in terms of value, performance, and in every other respects. And to a large extent, I think they've absolutely hit the nail on the head. I think it's a great vehicle. If you really want something unbelievably sporty, the, 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 the 40i is just another league. The M suspension, the M engine, all the brakes. I mean, I had absolute fun. The thing is a monster, and it flatters you no end. You feel like a racing driver. It shifts for you up and down. It's just a spectacular vehicle. If you're a maniac and you want that, but if you don't, you just want a really top-end um, family saloon, the 2-liter diesel was fantastic. Incredibly powerful, responsive. It's got a sports mode, so you can really push it really hard through the twisties. Great off-road. I was really impressed at how smooth and soft and supple the suspension was over really not bad roads. They chose pretty good roads for us to drive on, but certainly it was gravel, there was rocks, there was mountain passes. It was just fantastic. But here's even more good news. BMW announced that they are investing another 160 million rand to increase the production capacity of the BMW Roslyn plant. Now, for many years, BMW in Roslyn in Pretoria made all the right-hand drive three series in the world and won many, many, many awards globally for being as good as, if not better, than any BMW produced anywhere else in the world. And it was just, and in fact, they used to make left-hand drive three series for China. So it's... It's great for South Africa. It's great for employment. It's great. <laughs> and my, my phone has decided to uh, listen to me, which it shouldn't have done. But anyway, so it was just great. It, it, re it built a whole ecosystem of, of parts manufacturers, great for employment, great for investment, great for just general um, export. Can't hurt the rent to export expensive value-add items like the BMW 3 Series. Well, what they've decided to do, and this is where it gets super interesting, around about 2014, 2015, they made the decision to actually produce X3s in South Africa for the European and the South African market. Obviously, right-hand drive being England, but also left-hand drive for parts of Europe. And to do that, because the car is much bigger than a standard 3 Series, they had to rebuild the factory. So they rebuilt the factory without stopping production. They built a factory over the factory. They had to raise the roof. So they built a new factory over the old factory, which is just fascinating, while they continued working. And they updated and modernized the product lines. But here's what's even more fascinating about what's happening in the market. In 2018, when the production of the X3 starts, 
BMW South Africa will stop making 3 Series sedans. That will all be made in Germany for export back to South Africa. And that just shows you how the market has changed, how so much has happened, that the ex-utility-style SUV market has just exploded. And all and a whole host of different models will be made right here. And they've done enormous work with the various parts suppliers and all the manufacturers in South Africa. And it's gone so well. They've increased the capacity with this extra 160 million rand investment from 71,000 units a year to 76,000 units a year. And I think that's really positive. And the um, BMW Group executive was at the launch, and he, he shared with us some really interesting stats. But one thing that he said, which was fascinating, considering all the nonsense we have with our dear government, etc., etc., is that he had just met that day with the Minister of Trade, Mr. Rob Davies, and they were busy setting out, along with all the other peers within the, the motor industry, the sort of incentives and how things are going to work for the next 20 years, all the way up to 2035. And he couldn't give us any further information, but he says, look, look at our $6 billion investment in the plant. Look at our new 180 million rand update to the plant. He says, we are very comfortable and very confident of what's going on in this country. And we are going to expand production enormously over the next couple of years to try to take advantage of, one, the, the incredible skills in the country, and two, um, the opportunity to make it at relatively low cost and export. So... That's, for me, a great sign that perhaps the future is not as bleak as some of us think. And we are seeing massive investment in in big industries. And, I mean, a car like a BMW X3 is high-tech, incredibly so. A lot of that will be imported, but a ton of it is being made in this country. The body parts, some of the electronics, engine parts, brakes, you name it, wheels. And, I mean, that's all good for, for industry. It's good for the economy. It's good for everybody. And we'll be back straight after this. Hi FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, hi there, and welcome back. And um, as I, just to wrap up the whole BMW story, I, I was really impressed with the sheer positive attitude of all the executives at BMW, their faith in the future of the country, and certainly their faith in the future of manufacturing in the country. They believe that the parts ecosystem, the overall quality and ability of South African plants, such as the new BMW plant producing the X3, to meet global demand as the world actually improves. I mean, there's no question that America's come out of the doldrums. They're well over the recession they had a couple of years back. Europe is picking up steam. The Far East is hammering along. And we're making products which they need and want, and hopefully that will drag us up along with it. So that's all great news. Now, I can see that, unfortunately, we've run out a little bit of time. I wanted to mention that um, I will do a full review of the Samsung QLED 65-inch curved TV. The Q, It was a Q8 series that I was uh, you know, given to to review over the last little while. Safe to say this is the best TV, Samsung TV that I have seen in years. The Q series or the QLED series, now there's been a lot of talk about it's a bit of a play on OLED, is still a standard LCD TV. It has edge lighting, it's not self-lighting like an OLED, but it has a couple of advantages. The first one being price. In South Africa, the price of the QLED is somewhere around 30% cheaper than the equivalent OLED. Um, It also 
has an advantage in terms of brightness. They use what they call quantum dots, which are special dots that enhance color, enhance brightness. And um, it's not a unique technology to Samsung, but the way Samsung have done their new panels is certainly pretty unique. And these are some of the brightest TVs on the market that I've ever seen, up to 1,500 nits, where the average OLED maxes out at six to 700 nits. The real truth is that it's not all about brightness, but brightness certainly doesn't hurt. And OLED still can do far deeper and far more inky blacks than these particular TVs. Being LCDs, there's still a little bit of grayness left. But the Q7 and the Q8 are slightly different models, but basically the same type of TV. And here's a heads up. Q7s are on sale at Macro and at the Samsung store with up to 20,000 Rand discounts. So if you like what I'm saying about TVs and you're looking for a high-end TV at a pretty good price, there's a, a little heads up for you. But the Q8 that I reviewed is a beautiful, massive curved TV, and the picture is pretty spectacular. The blacks are not as good as OLED, but overall the brightness, the color, depth, and accuracy, which is way ahead of pretty much anything I've ever seen, is right up there. And the blacks are certainly good enough um, that you won't notice much difference. The one caveat I have is that the TV itself takes about a week to settle in. So from the time they delivered it till the time that I was satisfied or happy with the picture was about a week. Before that, the whites were overblown. It was just the colors were all wrong. It was just not sharp. It was terrible. So give the TV a week to settle in. But if you're looking for a high-end TV that works exceptionally well um, in bright environments because of its sheer ability to be bright uh, with amazing colors, at a price that's 30% um, lower than the AMOLED, the OLED TVs, which are the best in terms of color accuracy, uh, black, and just probably the, cut, the best cutting-edge TVs on the market. But the difference is huge. 20,000, 30,000 Rand is a big difference on a TV. But the current range of Samsung QLEDs is excellent. Absolutely outstanding TVs. They're sharp. They're clear. They're smart. They're fast. There are a lot of other little features that I can mention, which I will do in a more extended review when I've got a bit more time. But safe to say that I was suitably impressed. I was never a huge fan of Samsung TVs. I always found they were a little too vivid, a little too overblown, and perhaps not the most accurate. But the new QLED are outstanding. Their motion artifacts, watching soccer on a big 65 inches, amazing. And the quality is really great. So if you're looking for a top-end TV, this is, without question, one of the finest on the market. And interestingly, in South Africa, it's very, very well priced. So highly recommended the new Q7 or Q8, different in, in same picture, very similar technology, uh, just slight difference in the audio and the, the screen quality. Now, I've been waved at quite strongly yet. Apparently, our time has ended, and I haven't even got through half the gadgets and gizmos. I think I'll steal 20 minutes of the next presenter's time. I can see her eyebrows shooting off her head right now. But anyway, it was fun. It was great to talk about all this, just the little rant in the beginning, Black Friday in the middle, and then a top-end 65-inch TV to wrap it all up. Anyway, that's it for this week. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk right here on High FM.